This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. <laughs> this is nothing short of a miracle. Lork is back on his feet. Back into the fight, I say. Back to fighting we go. And Baron has unfinished business in the city. I think it's pretty important to get the remains of the descendants of a heroic giant fighter back to their family if possible. The heroes must prepare. Lork, do you want to do any research on this situation you're about to get into? Gear up. I'm thinking it's only right to memorialize Della to to enhance my double-barreled pistol. Ah, make it keen and flaming? No. (laughs) And set out on a journey into the unknown. But you do see skulls on poles. Skulls of giants. Skulls of all manner of creatures. And in the distance, torches. The adventure continues. Is this the deadliest game? <laughs> it's the deadliest game. It's the deadliest game. No. Welcome to episode 134 of the Glass Cannon Podcast. I'm Skid. This is the sound of my voice. I uh, just wanted to mention how much fun, again, how much fun I had at in Denver. Uh, the, the We had a fan meetup out there when I was back visiting, and uh, it was great. We had upwards of 30, I don't know, maybe 40 people at one point at the Three Lions Pub, and everybody got to meet uh, my old dungeon master, Dell. And uh, my old best friend Nick, and uh, my friend Rob, and my mom, and uh, a great time was had by everybody, especially me. And so I want to thank everybody for coming out. I also wanted to mention how excited I am to be getting into the my Ruins of Aslant bonus uh, AP campaign, bonus podcast. I've been reading up on it. It's so it's so good. I can't and thinking about stuff I want to do, and I think it's going to be a real blast. And lastly, just wanted to say happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, everything else to everybody out there. Thank you for making this another incredible year for the Glass Cannon Podcast and for all of us. To all of you, thank you very much. We appreciate everything that you have done for us. But now, let's get into episode 134. It's my party, and I'll scry if I want to. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days, Lork's boots are going to walk all over you, world of giants. Oh. What? That really didn't land like a thing. Nothing ever does. Uh, this guy. I didn't think about this, but did you have to buy new boots? Like, were you wa- were you walking around barefoot until we stopped at a cobbler's? I- I'm sure uh, <laughs> Shield your, your gave were- me a deal. It was like a combo deal. <laughs> yeah. okay. With every foot restoration, you get a free pair of boots. <laughs> free pair. Right? Or maybe fancy- a, coupon, a coupon or something. <laughs> fancy ruby slippers. <laughs> it's but- all I had. <laughs> Oh, man, Lork comes strolling in. Woo! There's, there's no time to, to talk turkey up top. We just got to jump right in. Lork, you come walking into the bar. Who's the first one that sees him? Everybody roll a D20. Sir Will, Farazi, you win. 20. For quite some time. Oh, natural 20. 12 for Sir Will. No one's going to beat that. Uh, so it's going to be Pembroke. You see Lork, a guy who you once saw walk. Yeah. First time you met him, head feet. But for as long as you've known him since, no feet. <laughs> so the first time you met him, feet. Feet. <laughs> Who knew? You, you didn't think anything of it at the time. <laughs> Feyraza no. comes in with a stunned look on her face, followed shortly after by a walking lork. What do you do, Pembroke? Um, so we're we're at the tavern, the the inn, we're at yes, the end, the, right? the gilded hammer. So okay, yeah. So I'm probably sitting at a table, like swapping stories, and I see I'm probably sitting at the right angle to see Lork come in with Faraza and uh, I just said oh my goodness uh, he just kind of like gets up with the help of his s- staff cane from the table and excitedly kind of waddles over says, my friend this <laughs> is nothing short of a miracle and he like gets uh, he like gets down on his knees and like looks at his ankles and his feet. It's like, I'm sorry, he looks up. Permit me. And he like looks. <laughs> and I want to do like a arcana check to like see if I can figure out 
how this was done. Yeah, yeah, go for okay. it. And Lork is showing off the feet like he's showing off a pair of shoes. <laughs> uh, 35. 35. I mean, I, I don't know how this would work mechanically, but you just know that this is uh, beyond any uh, arcane magic. This is a sign of the divine. Yeah. It's like, it's, please help me up. Lork gives him a hand, helps him up. He's so happy to be helping Pembroke for once, who helped him yeah. for so long. <laughs> it's good to help you, friend. Ah, yes. This is this is wonderful. It has been far too long. This this is magic like any I've ever seen. Aye, a bit of the divine, I think. Yes, yes. Good to have you back on your feet, my friend. He claps at his shoulders with both hands. <laughs> Lord claps him on the shoulders a little too hard. Yeah. <laughs> Pepper collapses. <laughs> <laughs> my artificial hip. <laughs> and Lork is just grinning ear to ear. Like, you never see this guy smiling. And you definitely haven't for weeks. And he's just grinning ear to ear. Yeah, he lost beaming. his smile in the Mind Spin Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baron. Your old buddy. You see Pembroke jump up. He's in there inspecting Lork's feet. You turn around and you see Lork standing. Baron kind of does a spit take out of his beer, but he has a smile from ear to ear, just like Lork, and he hops off his stool, walks right over and says, My, my, what big feet you have, Lieutenant Iron Tusk. <laughs> oh, give me some. Uh, Lork gives him a big shout. He hugs him. Lork kicks him in the chest. Like, Drinks are on you tonight, Baron. <laughs> Weren't they always? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Pembroke uh, is just laughing out of sheer delight. He's like, this is wonderful. Yeah, he's giving Baron this big, just his big bear hug. And I just know, I, so excited. And Baron just asked, so who did this for you? How did this happen? It was uh, the priest of Torag. Your man, Splinter Shield, a good soldier he was, missing an eye, and he he talked to me about how his well his eye had never been returned by the gods, and so he wasn't sure I'd get my feet. But I did, Baron Torag saw it. He saw it fit to give me back my feet, and maybe Gorham had a bit of it to say as well. Back into the fight, I say. Back to fighting we go. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And then uh, for Highbury and so forth. <laughs> and, and sure enough, as Pembroke says, so for Will's Highbury. Like, Somebody say for Highbury. <laughs> Sir Will turns around and sees Lark. Yeah. So uh, Sir Will jumps up. He's like, my friend. Oh, this is fantastic. Splendid. I am so happy for you. It was just crushing my spirit to see you sitting there in that tent in so much pain. Please uh, tell me what happened. And then Lork says, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cut the mic, cut the mic. Tune in to Deleted Scenes. <laughs> Joe, Joe does Joe. a monologue <laughs> of several characters. But Sir Will is obviously excited, happy for him, and sees uh, in this what Pembroke saw as well, an act of the divine. Maybe sure. fortunes have turned. And I think Sir Will also sees that the brightness and the light in him is such a stark contrast to the darkness and the sadness that he saw in him in the tent. And that, for a paladin, is so enlightening. To see someone whose spirit seemed broken, to be completely renewed and, and re reinvigorated, it's just it's so thrilling, I think, for him. And via the, and via the divine, no less. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Favreau, as they were all greeting him in excitement and whatnot, what's happening with you in all of this? Faraza goes to the bar, hmm. gets a drink, and just starts drinking alone. What's your, uh, what's your weapon of choice up there? I don't think she drinks much. I think she maybe she makes her own mead out in the woods. Ooh. I think she's a very, you know. So I think she's just like, what do you what do you serve here? My, so Ma they, Mad Dog Forty Forty, it is. <laughs> I mean, the, what's, the bar, your, what's the bar your bartender gives you probably this really hefty ale, um, and you think, oh, ale, and then it just you know it it makes you blind after one sip. <laughs> Another. <laughs> so Faraz is just drinking it away, and I, I would imagine you guys probably have a, a night here. Not unlike what I said before. Not unlike the mission accomplished night back at uh, the killing grounds. Spent a week there one night. <laughs> <laughs> a week there one night. The old killing grounds. <laughs> um, and you guys drink away the night. Uh, it's it's a celebration of sorts. You all have uh, confessed your sins for some. For others, it's a it's a confusing time. The end of time. the world. Yes, the end of the world. The chosen one is dead. <laughs> Killed by one of your friends. One of your new friends. <laughs> Who's now on his fifth shot. <laughs> and he's just fist pumping and so excited. He's like, hey, Chosen One's here. I'll kill him right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Give it a resume. Give it a resume. You got a good sense of humor. We're having fun. And so the night uh, turns into uh, day. I don't know. Maybe some of you stay out a little too late. And others of you uh, bed down early. 
and the next day comes. And I have to wonder, like, how much more business do you have in Yanderhof before you want to get moving? We've talked about this. You've seen the map. Uh, it seems like the party's plan is to go to Skelt, which is the only other city on the way to Skiergard. Now, you could go to Corvosa, but that's a little more out of the way. And it's not really necessary for you at this point. You can stop by Skelt just to have one last vestige of civilization. <clears throat> Obviously, you have to travel through the Bloodsworn Vale to get there. Even if you're going to Cordvosa, you'd have to go through Bloodsworn Vale. Um, so that's in line with some of your purposes. Go to Skelt. Get everything you need there. Connect with a couple people there in case you need to run back there from uh, your campground outside Skiergard. I mean, who knows what that situation is going to be besides me. <laughs> and then you make your march towards Skiergard. So talk to me. I mean, we, we did some deleted scenes for our Patreon subscribers of, of possible shopping options. But I would say today is probably a shopping day. What's everybody getting in general? Pembroke, what do you want to get? Uh, I'm getting some some spells. And then I also want to get a – I switched some things out. I, I wanted to get a wand of mage armor. Ah, uh, yes. Because that's something I'm going to be casting a lot. I think it would be more efficient. Too. That's pretty much going to be your, uh, you know, if you get a surprise round or round one, boom, boom mage, mage armor. armor. And or it lasts for hours anyway. So yeah. it's like if I have any kind of notice at all, it's something I can do. Beforehand. That's great. That's very smart. And you want to keep the spells oh, close to and, your uh, Yeah. And I also, I was going to buy a headband of vast intelligence plus four. Uh, Whoa. Did you have a plus two? That's I had a plus two. So I traded that out. And I, you know, did all the numbers and anything. Sure, I traded that out to get the plus four. So yes, yeah, very excited. About what are we that. talking about for intelligence here now? Uh, so right now, with that applied, uh, his intelligence is twenty three. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the plus six modifier. So he's that's a smart man. I think Einstein was like nineteen. So <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever played a character that had a twenty three anything like natural without any enhancements. No, I, I haven't. I, well, no. Uh, not since I cheated like back in my first edition days, <laughs> but uh, wow, it's also it's weird. It's going to be strange playing as. It's a challenge to play a character that's a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> it's like I can play a character that's dumber than I am, although there aren't many. But this this is gonna this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be interesting. I don't think it'll be that much of a challenge for you, Skid. You're too modest. Oh. Uh, what are these awesome new dice you have in front of you, by the way? Oh yeah, so I w- I was in Denver. Uh, last two weeks ago whatever this is uh and so we had a get together uh with the kind of denver area fans and i got so many dice everyone gave me dice to give to joe everyone (laughs) really so many people said like oh these dice like they never fail me like once you give these to joe so i have this i have like a full set and i can't that's so amazing i wish i could remember everyone's name the specifics who did this but uh, Patreon donor Jeff Park kept buying me Bud Lights all night, and I don't remember much from that either. <laughs> but uh, so that we have a blue, we have like a gray and blue full set here from someone. Oh my god, those gosh. are all supposed to be good. Uh, we have a near full set that's like black and gold. So I'll oh, give you those. Those are nice. And then I have oh, this. Geez. And there was one gaming group that gave me these four dice, uh, four twenty sided dice, and this one in particular. This there's a Ooh, yellow like and black one. one. Uh, that the, yellow, the guy told me yellow. said this is literally he has never rolled less than like a twelve on this, <laughs> and I said it won't matter. <laughs> wasted, but, uh, wasted, in it's wasted on him. But here you go anyway. Oh my god, oh, that's a good haul, Brian. Denver. Yeah. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> I'm really gonna have to take these out one by one, and we'll test them. We'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll see, see how they how they. Those are gonna end that up one's a natural twenty on the. Oh, floor. there you go. Well, yeah, one I <laughs> rolled it across the table, and now it is, and now it's ruined for us. Years from now, when we move out of this space, we're gonna find all these dice lying. On various parts of the floor, <laughs> where he's the like, wall. Up, son of a bitch, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you want to shop on? Uh, Feraza's going to get that wild ironwood armor. Ooh, yeah, going to yeah. shell out for it. It's a no brainer. You know what? It's uh, she's a spellcasting druid. She doesn't have a ton of need for stuff. Yeah. So I got it. You get it's it's pretty it's expensive, but it's pretty sweet. Yeah, and now. You you maintain all your hit points as well when you wild shape. Yeah, yeah. So you maintain that you don't have to take on the hit points of that animal. Right, so no, having no. the boost of the AC, it really could mean the difference between life and death. Yeah. Uh, big bad Baron, you went you went the more uh, you spread your spread your wealth out a little bit. I did, but uh, since the deleted scenes have been released, I've uh, changed my plans a bit after chatting with uh, this uh, 
Big old Irishman to my right. Well, he's an average size. Normal size? I don't know. He's good. Old? He's a good size. He's a perfect size. Old? Big? He's young. He's the father of three now. We haven't told you about the twins. Um, no, this so young, svelte Irishman to my right. Strapping. <laughs> handsome. So I'm, I'm figuring that um, I'm thinking it's only right in, in a means to, to memorialize Della to, to enhance my double-barreled pistol. Ah, so I'm going to if you make it keened and flaming. No, so <laughs> the stand- can you imagine a keen? Wait, can you keen a ranged weapon? I wonder. Can you imagine uh, a keen? That's a good gun. question. That's an excellent I believe question. Believe you can, but I bet we'll find I'm, out two minutes after this. Not- <laughs> <laughs> We've got the internet in the studio now, that's so I can, I can look it up. That's true. That's so true. I'm not going the kind of standard gunslinger route and adding enchantments like lucky. Which okay. gives you a reserve of grit or reliable, which reduces your misfire value. I'm going in Della's memory. She killed so many giants herself and was in the end done in by one. This is true. Uh, adding plus one and then giant's bane to it. Oh wow, that's huge Ooh. for crispy. Ooh, crispy eight like, like giant's bane, like heart spit is giant's bane. Of course. Ooh. that is. Of course, my friends. Of course, my friends. So what does uh, that do against giants? How does it, what it does that acts bonus? as a plus three weapon against giants? It like increases you. You get like two hit. And damage more than you would, and you roll. It adds a plus two. Yeah, right. Yeah. Adds plus, plus two, and then adds two, two d six damage. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's baby. phenomenal. By the way, no, you cannot keen a ranged weapon. You can only keen piercing or slashing melee weapons. Okay. And something with a sharp edge. And then to avoid the um, what I'm losing from not getting a lucky firearm, which would have its own reserve of grit in it somehow, which I think is kind of cheesy anyway. It like doesn't make sense that there would be like a little tick. I could, like it's like a pill I would take right. every time. Uh, I'm getting a headband. Of inspired wisdom. Oh. Which will replace my hat. I will be the karate kid, but instead of the rising sun emblazoned across my forehead, I will have a symbol of Torag. The hammer and thong. The hammer and thong. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had so many drinks there, they gave me this free commemorative. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to have to adapt your Patreon art to have that uh, headband now. And, and then it's just, you know, potions and a ring of protection plus one. Uh the extra wisdom would allow you help you to overcome your alcoholism. It's true. <laughs> no. um, oh, and I'm saving a bunch of cash in order to craft ammo, which I'm not going to go over. Sure. I th- actually, I think it'll just make you a more functional alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I can drive. I'm all right. <laughs> the guy I, at the bar I can that shoot just, this pistol. Yeah. off wisdom. <laughs> Uh, Joe, you want to talk about Lork? You want to talk about Sir Will? Because now Lork, he's got feet. Is he buying yeah. stuff? Yeah, so Lorkhead was not part, really, uh, of the deleted scenes in terms of purchases because he didn't have feet at sure. the time. But now that he's got feet, I think he has a few ideas. I was thinking of uh, upgrading his Black Arrow Longbow, which, if you remember, I upgraded to Masterwork after the events of book one. Right. And so uh, this time, with a little bit more cash flow, and of course with the permission of everybody else, uh, who were generous enough to donate this cash to Lork for doing nothing, um, he would uh, like to turn his Black Arrow Longbow into a plus one Giant's Bane Longbow. Ooh. Uh, so he'll add the plus one and then add Giant's Bane. And then add Giant's Bane. Just Bane, like yeah, Grant so did. That's 8,000 gold right there. But I think that it, I think it's going to be worth it, especially at seventh level. He needs to stay away from these combatants to start out. And I think that that's going to give him the best option. We found some really good armor. So I think he's going to work with some medium armor for a little bit. Uh-huh. I thought about spending some of that money on uh, light armor. Uh, magical light armor. Mm-hmm. Um, I may still do that. I'm, I'm not sure because I was thinking about uh, trying this out. The uh, r- relatively low level item. Uh, I figure Lork's got new feet. We should get him some new boots. Oh, boots of friendly terrain. Oh. So as a ranger, I've never been a huge fan of the favorite terrain mechanic. Right. You get these boots and if you, you can pick a new terrain or you can pick the one you already have, which is what I intend to do since we're in these mountain lands and my favorite terrain is mountain. Anything that happens outside in these areas, uh, I get a bonus to. With these boots, it would give me an increased bonus of plus two. So I would have a plus four bonus on initiative, perception, survival, and stealth whenever we're in mountain lands. Oh, that is huge. Yeah, I think it might be worth it for 2,400 gold. Uh, I think it, and next level, I add a new favorite terrain, and this, and mountains would become plus six to initiative, perception, 
survival wow. and uh and, and stealth. And Baron took the pair of uh boots of friendly terrain that we found, which are mountain based. So he's wearing those now too. So that, I had forgotten that. That's yeah. right. That Della, is gonna be really, really helpful. I thought it, I thought it would be really too. good to get Lork acting earlier in combat. I mean as of right now he would have a plus six initiative in the in mountain mountainous I terrain. Mean, as far as I'm concerned, this you're in as long as you're in the mind spins, those boots are active. Right. So, unless you're underground sure. or you're in a you know a, a, a hall of some kind. Right, right, right. If you're outside, you're in mountainous terrain while while we're that's in this book. great um and then uh sir will i think is gonna spend all of his cash on uh and you and i had talked about this maybe going back to the church uh-huh. of ioma day returning to suzette and uh asking uh, if there was a is there a place i could possibly find items infused with the divine with this very spirit of ioma day in in battle no oh. i'm sorry all right, I'll see myself. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. And scene. scene. So what else are you going to buy? Uh, I'll convert it into 1,500 <laughs> platinum pieces, and let's hit the road. Strap it to Lexington. Ah, yes. Store credit only. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, so he, he, uh, he wants to get a very expensive item called the Bracers of the Merciful Knight, mm. which will vastly increase his ability to heal the party. And he'll get a bonus use of lesser restoration every single day. Oh, wow. Uh, it increases his effective paladin level by four levels for the purposes of lay on hands, both how many he gets per day and how much healing it does. I think that that's so huge, valuable. Huge. It gives you kind of a little bit of a clerky situation, which you need. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a little, Something. though, right? Just, just a just little. Just a pinch. Actually, speaking of which, who has the sapling rod right now? Baron does. What? How long does that fruit last? How it, long does it keep for after you plant? 24 hours. Okay. Uh, so as soon as we know we're going into a place of battle, yeah, just double check that in case I'm totally to wrong. That. You know, <laughs> yep. Fruit harvested from the tree lasts for 24 hours before shriveling into useless husks. Okay. You want to know something we totally forgot? And by we, I mean myself. Lexington's worm rot. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. My God. So he's dead. So it was, How many days has it been? It was four days to get here, and then you've now stayed overnight. Uh, so I'm going to need Lexington to roll a one fortitude save. We'll, de- we'll assume that Faraza cast Bear's Endurance on him. Sure. Every time. Well, this is going to be a series of fortitude saves, right? Yeah, we're going to do four At minimum two saves. And you need to save two in a row to... I think this might be a perfect time to try out a collage of Denver dice. Yeah. <laughs> ah. And see... Ooh. Give each one a... Sh- oh, own. that's nice. Yeah. How fast you can see, curse them. Just <laughs> figure out which one is day one, two, three, and four. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to save the orange and black one, yellowish, orangey black one, the one that's supposedly had never been rolled b- below a 12, uh-huh. for the second save if I manage to get a first one. It's okay. kind of a um, Pennsylvania now, color, too. I now have a 1d3 to roll the con damage. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Thanks to uh, listener Dylan in uh, Seattle, uh, in Portland. I love this yeah. guy. Thank yeah. you so much, Dylan. Yeah, I got one, too, I got man. One too. Open um, threes. Okay. Give yourself Bear's Endurance there, big guy. And it doesn't work that way, Matthew. Why not? Uh, Wolf's we, Endurance? Uh, yeah, Bear's Endurance. So we found out that when you're rolling that check, that check is an effective, like, it's covering the what you've done throughout the period. whole 24-hour mm. period. Yeah. Ah. So we were cheating before when we used that. Which Should I go sense. back and redo Della's Worm Rock? <laughs> oh. I think she's worm compost by now. So that's... <laughs> she's worm food. All right. So was there anything that could have removed this before we start getting into this that it, could like end this? Did you guys have any potions or spells that could have done this? Is it a disease? Uh, is it a yes. curse? No, it's, it's a, a curse, disease. Isn't it? It's a disease. So would the spell remo- remove disease have anything to say about this? <sighs> Would that have worked? You just suck all the fun out of it. <laughs> take fun. <laughs> you spit the tie. I completely forgot we were trying to help with a level eight druid. Uh, let me ask you, was it prepared on the first day that you left the chapel? No. All right, let's roll. On, let's <laughs> t- I can also delay disease until the, until the next day. Ah, you're delaying the joy. <laughs> <laughs> I got a brand new D3 I'm all excited about. Oh, all right, man. let's roll one to see all if right. he gets hurt a little bit more. I'm going to pull out this the uh, kind of slate blue and gray D20 from Denver. Thank you so much to whoever gave it. It's still this. a caster level check for removed disease too, right? Yeah, yeah you still right. have to roll it. So this will be day one. Okay. Uh, day one you save. Can let, you can let Joe roll my caster level check. Oh, perfect. That Here we good. go. See, For, that's fun. First roll of a Denver D20. Joe's got to roll. Oh. It's a 17 total. Here comes the D3. 
Three points of condom. Shit. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Now, the next day, you would have tried to remove disease. Uh, Baron, you want to do a touch of law, obviously. Absolutely. Okay, so, so that's going to be if, a- if that will make you pass the caster level check. It'll be a 19 versus the DC of the... It's the DC of the... So is it yes, oh, Matthew, DC, or no? God damn it. It's DC me. 20. So unless you roll a one, which is automatic failure. Uh, no, oh, no, it's I not. have to Wait, roll a two. So, the... so I, no, it wouldn't be enough. I'd have to roll. Okay, I have okay. DC 20. So... By the way, if Lexington dies of worm rot, he will transform into a Benio over the course of the next 24 hours. Oh, that's... Uh, man. <laughs> just kill him. <laughs> kill him, kill him. <laughs> if I were just one level higher, I have the spell Raise Animal Companion. Oh. oh. Wait, isn't Joe rolling? Can we agree that oh, if yeah, you roll rolling. a natural one, you're, you're not allowed to cast Remove Disease on this again? Well, no, you're rolling. You're that's rolling fair. it. Yeah, you're rolling. Oh, I'm rolling yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. No. So you can Joe's test your roll. dice. All right, all right, all right. I will roll. For Which die are you going to use? Uh, I'm going to use this black and <laughs> black and gold. gold. I just black imagine, and yellow, black and yellow, I just black imagine and yellow. Black and yellow. And don't worry. If you save, I'll just, I can give you a new disease to, to keep saving. <laughs> Terrific. Now, let me ask you this. What do you, what's the, what does he have to roll? Two? A two. Two or better. No, it's a. No, 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 no. No, no it's 11 or better. Right? No, if I'm, no, if I'm rolling, yeah, 11 12 or better. 12 or better. 12 or better. Yeah, because yeah. DC 20s. You don't add the touch of law. Oh, you that's touch right. Of instead of rolling. Oh, cow. He's going to. Oh, you know what? Fuck that. No, I'm going to take the yellow Oh, RNG. this is a big one. Yeah, this is the okay. guy. All right, here 12, we go. 12 or better. Pittsburgh Penguins. The disease. He said it never rolled lower than 12. Right. He said it never rolled lower than 12, Skip. <laughs> as, to, as I remember it, yes. Here we go. I guarantee it. Natty 16! Oh! Lexington! All right. That's <laughs> 16. So his Amazing. disease has been removed. What was his final con after all those days of uh, it being uh, sucked away? It was 14. Because remember, he healed one every day. He rested two. Sure, sure. Um, and I can cast Lesser Restoration. Yeah, so now he's at 14 con, and then you can cast Lesser Restoration, and Sir Will can cast Lesser Restoration. And, and uh, now this four. all goes back to what uh, Skid was yeah. asking about the sapling rod. What would you guys want to use this for? Just to harvest? Oh, you have to drink these potions right away. No, they're, it's fruits. That fruits. Is, they, get, they each function as a cure moderate? So cure moderate. Cure yeah. moderate or lesser then, restoration. Or lesser restoration. But they only keep for 24 hours, ah. and you can only use it once a week. So. And it, it's really cool because the person who chooses the fruit decides. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that. But and then it's a yeah, it's a week be- before we could use it again. Okay. Right. Yeah, that was big. I just want to say, yeah, yeah. Right, we'll give it to you. Know, it had to be a 12. That's that's big. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. I remember the guy's face. I can't remember his name. So. Thank you, face in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to hold this die aside until it's really important again. Just, just yeah, keep that one um, in reserve. All right, so you did your shopping. You've, you've, we've, we've retconned and, and fixed to make sure uh, Lexington, uh, you know, the worm rot did what it was supposed to do. Uh, so, Baron, you want to try and seek out some sort of Nargum thing. Your first day there, you were turned away at every attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, how much time do you want to devote to this? How important is it to you to try and find someone? I mean, in light of uh, the new responsibility bestowed upon myself and by the Church of Torag, I think it's pretty important to get the remains of the descendants of a heroic giant fighter uh, back to their family, if possible. All right. Well, if you want to uh, roll a diplomacy check to gather information, and people can aid you as well. Yeah, uh, Sir Will will absolutely aid. Yeah, I will. I will. Too. I imagine you walking for around the city well. for hours trying to find out information. So, see if you get any aid. Plus Ooh. two from me. Eight Ten of total. Ten. Plus two from uh, for twelve. Isaac. Plus two from Sir Will. Fourteen. And what about Lork? Can Lork aid? Uh, he's not interested in helping. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Lork. Uh, Anarvin have... Kim did nearly take off his head. Lork has no ranks in diplomacy. <laughs> He's uh, not a diplomat. Okay. You were all untrained, King. No. Oh, really? really? So, what was the total? I don't think you, you can yeah, gather you information can. untrained. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You diplomacy. Can. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not it's like just, picking it's, a lock. It's, it's a cursing roll. Yeah, but I think you got to be good at it. I uh, <laughs> fell. <laughs> so, what's your total? Uh, 14. How many hours do you want to take? I mean,. The rest you of the roll day. how many hours it takes. Oh. 1d6 hours or 1d4 hours. I roll or you? Yeah, you roll. Four hours. Uh-huh. You're gathering information, gathering information, talking to people, trying to find out. And again, never heard of them, never heard of them, never heard of them. And then outside of um, an apothecary <gasps> store, someone 
mentions they think they know someone that's related to them but is not a Nargrim kin or a Nargrim themselves and gives you directions to this house. So assuming you follow those directions, you again, you're going down these twists and turns of these beautiful gilded cobblestone streets, beautiful buildings, all can't see the sky because you're all underground. And eventually you come upon a, a rather modest looking house, neither poor nor super uh, lavish looking, um, but it looks like a, a one family uh, home in this cul-de-sac at the end of a street. Got the paper with the address written on it. Baron squints at the address, double-checks the paper, and you hear... And a uh, woman, female dwarf, answers the door. Uh, She has uh, red hair, uh, freckles, lots of freckles. Um, she's rather pretty. She's a little uh, older than you, definitely. Um, 75, 60? No, I, I don't know my dwarf age as I'm well. I'm 50 But something. she's younger, uh, younger than your mother. Okay. And so probably 75. She just looks at you quizzically. You're duster. You're not dressed like the other dwarves that walk around Yanderhof. Um, yes, uh, how may I help you? Uh, I'm terribly sorry to uh, bother you, ma'am, but... Um I have some pressing matters that I've been having uh, difficulty uh, finding answers for. Is it is it all right if I step in for a moment? I, I, I'm a man of Toreg. Uh, I, I don't mean to impose, but if we could just sit for a moment. Yes, I, I mean, my my husband isn't home, uh, but I, I do see your, uh, your sigils of Toreg, I, I, I suppose. Uh, it will be all right. Please come in. Baron takes a seat and says, thank you very much, ma'am. Baron says, to what do I owe the, uh, the visit, sir? Ma- ma'am, I've gotten um, some information uh, from the local apothecary that you might be uh, of relation or, or know of uh, someone related to uh, the Nargrimikins. She looks at you rather oddly. The, the Nargrimikins? Who specifically do you mean? Well, uh... I was traveling with uh, two, in fact, uh, a brother and sister. One was named Ingrahild, sister, of course, and the other was named Umblo. Yes, that is my niece and nephew. I have not seen them in many, many years. We all used to live in the Kodar Mountains together, but I got married and moved away from that life a long time ago. Um, are, are they are they still traveling with you? Ma'am, I'm, I'm going to ask you to take a seat with me here. Just have a seat first. Okay. On your lap? This is strange. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit over here. <laughs> Ingrid and Umlo died heroically in battle with me. And I'm currently traveling with their remains. Oh, Torek, no. Oh, this is terrible. They were my... They were my sister's children. My sister, Wilhelmina. She died not too long ago. She was a a single mother, you know. They were very, very poor. We all were growing up. She wrote to me a while back before her passing to say that they had left the mountains in search of who knows what ramblings of some ancestor they were just trying to bring honor back to the Nagram name to the Nagram kin name maybe some money too you see their father died when they were very very young and they grew up in poverty we all did were it not for my marriage to a uh, upstanding gentleman here in Yandrahoff, I probably would have languished with them. I know my sister did the best she could to give them a good education, how to handle themselves in battle. She did her best. Torag knows she tried. But it seems as if she failed them. 
Baron uh, taps her on the knee and says, Now, now. I can tell you that they were good heart and even stronger character on the battlefield. And I can tell you that even though they may have come from meager means, they were driven not by greed or profit, but to fulfill what they saw as their ancestry. Can you tell me how their father died? What might have motivated them to go on this journey? They didn't even know him. He got very, very sick right after they were born. There was a sickness always going around. We didn't have the money to bring in expensive healers and whatnot, so they never knew him. And their mother did the best she could, my sister, but as for what motivated them, I'm sure it was money, not for greed, but to make their family mean something. I know Umlo was an adventurer in his youth, but he he gave it all up when he realized he couldn't make a living that way. I think he wanted to be a cook, but his sister had too much of her mother in her. She most likely talked Umlo back into the game, as it were. May I... May I have their remains? Baron reaches in to his bag and pulls out the urns that are carrying the ashes of Umlo and Ingrahild. I have not been back to the Kodar Mountains in many, many years, but I've always thought, I've always felt a calling to go back and see where I came from. Perhaps I can take these and sprinkle them over their birthplace someday in the near future. And there are no other Nargrimkins remaining in Kodar to your knowledge? To my knowledge, no. Well, you must let the Scriveners and the Historians know that inside of Nargrim Steelhand's tomb was an ancient enemy of his, Lockmore Edergren. He's who killed Ingrahild, and we put him back into the ground. And you must tell them of the heroics of Umlo, who, even though he had eschewed the adventuring life to become a cook, took on the terrible burden of Nargrim's own steel hand, and died violently fighting the giant tyrant Urathash, who tore apart the town of Shinnerman's fortune. They lived up to the name Nargrimkin. It sounds like a, a great fairy tale, what you say. Perhaps you could write down their story someday, and if you return to Yandrahov, bring it to me. And perhaps we can have their memory live on in a proper dwarven way. Thank you for bringing this knowledge to me. I know it's not easy to bring such tidings. May Torag be with you on your journey, and may you see a better fate than my poor, poor niece and nephew. And may Torag be with you. <laughs> That's the traditional thing. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah, a dwarven thing. <laughs> Maybe my husband comes in. <laughs> I thought you were dead. <laughs> Get your hands off my wife, Twitter. <laughs> I maybe it was the music, but the leading up to that, I thought you were at one point going to say like, Baron, what are you talking about? Umlo and Ingerhild have been dead for 10 yeah. years. <laughs> Why tonight's the anniversary? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots of dead dwarves coming back this time of year. Why sometimes tonight's the dead anniversary. Is, sometimes dead is better. <laughs> oh, wow. man. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, sad, sad story. Now, yeah, get a little more insight into what their motivations were and it has to hit you baron like that's what their motivations were and they failed ultimately now they're dead now they're dead <laughs> sure but but their story lives on friends are dead it does live on and and even though it may spirit. have been 
motivated by meager means. They like uh, took the burden on. The, the, Amlo could have gone home. Amlo didn't need to hang around. He wanted to. Yeah. Yes. And then Joe tricked him into taking <laughs> Sir Will. Joe, not it Sir is Will. Sir Will in his noblest moment. I thought, I thought, I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> Sir Will didn't want to cut his arm off. <laughs> uh, you do it. It's Sir Will sentencing. I have an idea. You should do it. <laughs> Sir Will sending, 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 sending. It's Sir Will sentence. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Sentencing him to death Almost. just a few weeks later. That's all it is. Delayed murder. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would think, tell me if I'm wrong. Guys ready to move out tomorrow? You want to take a couple more days here? See the sights? We are see the sites. I mean, I, there might be other business, but there's more. While while Baron's doing that, you can attend to that business. I mean, Lork, do you want to do any research on the situation you're about to get into? Like, you don't know. Do you know where you're going? You've uh, been through Bloodsworn Vale. Yeah, I think he, Lork has an idea. I mean, he's a ranger. He knows his way around sure. this area, and he ranged in this area for a long time. I think he knows generally where he's going. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of research he could do. He could ask around, I guess, about uh, to learn a little bit more about the practices or traditions of the Skonqua, I guess. Uh-huh. But 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 it's you know he's not trying to fool them into thinking he's one of them by any means. Uh, so I I think that he's kind of uh, I think he's a little bit thick headed about this. He just is he wants it to be over with, uh-huh. and he just wants to get there and either die. By them just killing him outright right. or figure out this situation because he's kind of tired of all this BS, you know, living with this curse and this weight and everything. He just wants to face it head on mm-hmm. and figure out what to do next. Um, Sir Will, on the other hand, I think during this time, we don't have to role play it out, but I think he's going back again to the church, knowing that they're heading out soon. And he is going to pray pretty uh, intently that he doesn't want to let his companions down again in a, in a, in the way that like Della died sure uh, and Umlo died and he takes a little bit of responsibility for that for not you know mechanically speaking dealing enough damage right but from a, a narrative standpoint just not being super effective in battle and that is what you are supposed to be as a paladin of Iomade it's also what you're supposed to be as a knight of Highbury is just slaying foes on the battlefield and saving everyone else from this peril. Well, he's, he came up a little short, he feels, and so he's just praying for guidance and for uh, the, the, the ability to do better as, as the days progress in, in fighting evil. And I'm sure he's sending letters home. Yes, yeah, he's sending letters home. Well, he already sent his, his letter home, and uh-huh. then he asked them to send word of what was going on with Benrick and with the rest of Highbury, uh, back to Skelt. Yeah. So and so he's hoping some, if he yeah. gets to Skelt, there might be some word uh, about the, the goings-on at Highbury. Um, Pembroke, are, are you game to uh, go on this, uh, to travel with Lork, like through Bloodsworn Vale? Yes, absolutely. I think Lork, I think they made fast friendships from the moment they met each other and forged in battle. Uh, yes, he's willing to go wherever... He senses that this is a great, great quest, that there is a great destiny at stake here, in addition to his friendship, and I think he's willing to do whatever it takes. And he's a knowledgeable man. He knows the yes. history of Bloodsworn Vale. I do, yes. And I also speak conversation with Shuanti, should, it, uh, should that come up. That's probably the most important thing, yes. <laughs> the fact that Pembroke speaks Shuanti. Mm. Uh, and Baron, as the, you know, there was a time that maybe Lork was the leader of this group. Then he took off. And you assume leadership role. You're still the one in charge here. Are you confident in uh, going through the veil to get to Skelt to, to help Lork on this part of the journey as much as he will, you know, need your help? Yeah, if he'll allow me to come and it's on the way to Skelt. Uh, Baron's mission is single-minded, but he also wants to help out a friend. Sure. Uh, as long as it isn't, well, hopefully it doesn't end in him dying because he'd like to get to... Uh, take on the next giants after this but right right yeah you're gonna need all the help you can get yep well lork before we would head out would want to talk to feyraza again i think that he probably would apologize a little bit about his 
kind of overly jovial nature that night at the bar. Um, All those lo- chosen one jokes. Yeah, exactly. Looking back on it, he a lot of those jokes were in poor taste. Uh, <laughs> uh, on second thought. No, you know, I think he, yeah, I think he woke up with a pretty... I knew he was a chosen one. I still killed him. And I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it just added to the thrill, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, but I think he had a, a situation where he woke up feeling worse and, uh, you know, he, he, he worse for the wear and he felt guilty about some of the, uh, his celebrations when it was in the face of this person who was completely destined to bring forth this person that he had, had killed. So I think he goes to Feyraza, uh, apologizes uh, for his behavior, says he was just overly excited uh, the, about his ability to maybe do something about this whole thing. But now he's really focused on the Skoen Kwa and he really appreciates her willing to go on this journey with him. Um, and then you being a druid, honestly, I think he would ask if you could. Uh, he's seen you wild shape. I don't know if you could, like, wild shape into a hawk and fly, you know, 100 miles away, like, over the region and be able to see kind of where maybe where these tribes are or anything like that just to kind of get an idea so we don't waste too much time so we can make a, a beeline for for where they are uh, well I, I accept your apology my friend it was you, you have feet one should celebrate <laughs> <laughs> that's a t-shirt oh I'm glad you see it that way <laughs> yeah, you have feet one should celebrate <laughs> hey Rasa <laughs> uh, 4717 <laughs> as far as your mission I have not forgotten my promise to help you uh, though I do have a suggestion I, I, I do have the ability to scry. Scrying? I can look into, the, look into the void and see someone at a distance. Now, they do have resistance, so it may not work. Mm, that's, that's some powerful magic. Yeah, and so she'll describe the process for him, but basically, like, they get, the subject gets a will save, so, if, like, and based on what we know of them, we get, like, we can help, we can help the, our chances. Um, and we can look in on them. Yeah. Wow. So, ba- uh, so we know nothing of them. They get a plus 10 on their will save. We, if we have heard of the subject, it's only a plus 5. If we have met them, it, they get nothing. And if we are familiar with them, they get a minus, minus 5. Well, for you to do the scrying, though, you typically need them to describe them really well or like draw a picture for you to be able to see them in order for you to get that bonus. Like, Lork's familiarity doesn't... Anyway... We don't yeah. have to get into it. No, I, I was going to say, I think that Lord could have uh, some familiarity. And, and whether You've come it's, across the track. Yeah, right? and whether it's right or not could be rolled on, but it's been, you know, maybe uh, 15 years since he's he had any dealings with them. Uh, and he never dealt with them directly, but he could, for example, describe their chief, you know? And I think that that would be something that could be helpful if that chief was still alive, which to me is like up to Troy or a D100 roll or something like that. And it could very well be that we can't see anything. But if he could describe this chief and then look in on him, I think Lork could definitely be like, if he's still alive and you can see what he's doing, we, we could, could use him. it. We could use it at the honor defenses to seem knowledgeable about what's going on with their tribe. Yeah. Maybe buy ourselves a few more hours without being brutally murdered. <laughs> it would be very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> at the very least. It is, and it is certainly a wise investment in, in any case, even if it doesn't work. And we can try it. We can, keep, we can keep trying. Yes. I, I agree. And in future, who knows what, how, how it may uh, come in useful in future. I have found it useful to check on friends I have met along, in my travels along the way. So you're going to buy this sweet-ass mirror. <laughs> yeah, I need a mirror worth a thousand gold pieces. Okay. It's and like a, pool, a t- uh, Tiffany's mirror. Yeah, that is a really expensive mirror. And we need to find a pool of water, but I think we can do that. Okay. Um, I think it's fair as long as you have that on your person. Anytime a condition makes you fall prone, you roll a D100 to see if the mirror breaks. Oh, wait. Oh. It's so- <laughs> oh, interesting. Wow. One through 99, it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you've taken the simplest thing <laughs> and turned it into something terribly treacherous. <laughs> and then you get the bad luck, too. Yeah, yeah don't forget the bad luck. The bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> Lork's no longer cursed with Verazza. <laughs> um, yeah, so how do you want to do it? You, I think, what do you want? So Lork, uh, Lork will describe this chief to you, and you will look through this 
veil, this mirror here to try and see what's going on with this tribe. Yeah, see if this guy is still alive, still in charge of the tribe, and what he's up to. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know enough about scrying. I've only tried it once when I guessed it in one of Skid's games. Uh, it's Father Curly in Rise of the Rulers. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's my understanding that the, the person or someone involved has to have a specific knowledge of the location, right? And so if, if Lork's knowledge is a little old, a little 20 years old, let's play it in the sense that like what you're seeing is a little foggy. You sure. Know, you're not quite yeah. seeing... Well, he gets he gets bonuses to his save. Is how is how it works mechanically. What's the save for? Uh, it's just ooh, that's a good question. It's supposed to be re- resist being scryed, scryed upon. Yeah, you just yeah. can't be seen. Yeah, right. So you're trying to scry upon the uh, chief. The chief, for example. Yeah. Okay. You're having trouble seeing the chief, but you do get the sense that that chief is still alive. Okay. Hmm. And Ferrazzi, you see like. Skulls on poles and smoke rising from distant fires in various huts with shadows moving about. And the presence of a very powerful magic. Ooh. But that's all you see. Oh, that sounds promising. <laughs> Do not touch the water. <laughs> I think we found the right place. Um, I will go with you on this journey, my friend. But in light of what we have learned about your past and my past and our future, I do not know if I can go further. But we shall see. I don't ask you to go further than you will. Anyone who's coming with us, at least this far, is is brave and making a great sacrifice, I think. So, as far as you're willing to go, that's I couldn't possibly ask for any more. And Sir Will is obviously all in. Doesn't goes without saying. You know, if if there's anything that could be done to help the state of the world, he's in. So So sure enough, with all your new gear and all your confessions laid out, your moments of you know, understanding and of peace and of, of knowledge of the the goals and trials that lie ahead, you've mourned you've also steeled yourself for the mission at hand on the 16th of Lamashan, Star Day. You wake up and walk out of Yanderhof. (laughs) Sir Willamette Keswick atop Lexington, a much bulkier, stronger-looking Lexington. Lieutenant Lork Irontusk, his muscles... They used to be pretty atrophied when you saw him in that cage. They're starting to come back a little bit. He's had a couple good meals in the few days that you've spent here. Yeah, I thought he, he's also a little uns, uncertain on his feet. Yeah. A little bit of a limp. Yeah, yeah still got that bad leg. Pembroke, perhaps still on the last journey of his life, if his visions are true. Feyraza al-Said, who came in search of the Chosen One, only to find that the Chosen One is not only dead, but murdered at the hands of one of her compatriots. And then, Inquisitor, Gunslinger, Sheriff, Baron, Redheart, Ashpeak, the leader of the pack. Just picture that. Like, close your eyes and imagine that group of characters walking out of mm. the mountain. And now imagine Faraza as a burro, carrying, a burro. <laughs> carrying our stuff. Can I ride you? Oh, my cowboy hat. Where is it when I need it? You enter the blood-sworn veil, and I'm sure Pembroke isn't the only one that knows the history of this place. It's not called Blood-Sworn Veil because it's where unicorns and fairies <laughs> run by. This is where the Corvosi armies murdered Shawantis for years. Oh, man. Many died on both sides in what is known as in what was known as the Ever War. Mm. So many casualties, their souls seeped into this hallowed ground. It's like walking around Gettysburg. Mm. And you travel through and Lork, you've maybe been here, maybe not on this exact spot. There are trails, sure. I'll have a Baron and Lork roll a survival check. Yeah. Could Faraza get involved? Yeah, in absolutely. 
Anybody wants a roll survive. Pembroke can as well. With a plus four bonus now. <laughs> 21 for Pembroke. Uh, 26 for Lork Iron. 23 for Faraz. 15 for Bear. Oh, the Bureau, man, the bureau some, is sniffing the ground. We are <laughs> some <sniffing> survivors <laughs> in this crew. Yeah, I mean. Do you have a drop for that, Skid? I wish I did. I know the exact <laughs> one I want, and I don't have it. Survivor. <laughs> or is it Eye of the Tiger by Survivor? Uh, yeah, that can work too. <laughs> so many options. I thought it was going to be Dominic the Donkey. What you're talking about. I'm a Bureau. Who's Dominic? <laughs> the Dominic the Italian Christmas donkey. I don't want oh to know. God. It's a I Jersey don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> sure enough, like, you do see not only uh, like Baron sees animal tracks, but you guys see humanoid tracks. The rest of you see humanoid tracks. Going every which way? Going every <laughs> which way. But the majority of them <laughs> tend to go in one direction. You continue further, and uh, rolling those checks over, it looks like hunting parties. Yeah, are going out game, game trails, game trails, uh, catching bison and elk and antelope. And man, not man. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the deadliest game? <laughs> the deadliest game. <laughs> it's the deadliest game. Wow. A few hours in to this journey, you're you're a few miles in, and it's dark. Maybe it's later in the day. I'm sure you guys know what time it is, but it's just, you know, it's these the, the swampy, marshy areas had a mist over everything. But you do see, after a while, a pole with a skull on it. Hmm. One single skull. Pembroke, if you look at it, the first thing you realize is that it's not an animal skull. Hopefully... It's an orc skull hmm. or some other evil outsider. Continue walking, and eventually there are more skulls on poles. Skulls of giants. Skulls of creatures that have numerous eye sockets, teeth in weird locations. Missing ear sockets. All manner of creatures. And in the distance, torches. It's got this very Indiana Jonesy sort of vibe. Cobwebs. And you continue walking forward, and for some reason you don't realize that at a certain point you are in a clearing surrounded by these poles and the trail has ended oh. Oh, shit. some ranger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a ranger and a druid walk into a trap you don't feel like you're in a trap but the trail has ended all of you have adequate to great survival you're looking to see where this trail goes maybe backtrack a little bit and it all ends up here everybody roll a perception check 16 for Pembroke. 24. 28. 18 for Lork. Baron and Feyraza hear a rustling all around you. And if you look, it seems as if the forest itself is closing in on this clearing. Feyraza is going to unwild shape, by the way. She's no longer a burro. No. She's an ant. (laughs) See ya. And you see... Behind the poles with these various skulls on it, spears start to enter, followed by humanoid men and women, very scantily clad, covered in paint, bone necklaces, crazy headdresses, and they close in on all of you. Only Pembroke knows they're asking, why are you here? Uh, Pembroke steps forward and in rather rusty academic shawanzi <laughs> says, uh, Blood of the land, tears from the sky, 
I pray you will welcome my friends and I. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> Bottle cap. <laughs> and they respond, Do you have an offering that suits your reasons for seeking out the Skoenkwa? Uh, can I do a quick knowledge local check to see what would sure. be appropriate? 28. 28. Whoa! You know that what they want isn't something of great value, but something of great meaning that is in line with the reason you would enter their lands. And that the wrong offering could be considered an affront Hmm. and almost certain death. Okay. Uh, I turn to the rest and I quickly say in common what you just told me. Oh, oh man. Um, God. <laughs> Love? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I think Lork. Do you have Gormley's um, um, the knife, hope knife? Oh. No, I, I was going to say Lork will pull out Brynja's love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is the magical dagger that was like passed between two lovers that were both We were just talking about that yeah, today. That yeah. That uh where the he was killed and then the fire blackened the blade and it was like this attachment between the dead uh fiance, the the man and the woman who still lived and I, and and I, I could explain this quickly to Pembroke who could then hopefully explain it to them like this this weapon was once held by a man who died and the the woman that survived him in the ritual of his funeral it was infused with magic and we've carried it ever since yeah yeah i told them this this is a, and I, I told them the story I said, this is a symbol of tragedy and of eternal love it is infused with magic from beyond the grave from beyond from beyond the grave from beyond the grave from beyond the grave you're like elbowing him in the ribs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say it, Shawanti. Did you say the part about beyond the grave? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> One of the Shawanti steps from forward. beyond the grape, and there, beyond <laughs> the grape, 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 grape. <laughs> One of the Shawanti steps forward, and they are, you know, hulking figures. The men and the women. They're very, very strong. All lean muscle, fast twitch fibers, and receives the offering from you. And they mutter to each other too fast for you to really pick up. It's kind of muttering, muttering. And uh, they hand it to a child. And the child bolts off into the forest. And they just stand there for a moment, all staring at you. 20, 30. It's got to be 60 of them. Men and women. Men and women. And all warriors? Children as well. They look like warriors. They've all got weapons. Wow. The more, the more you count, the more it seems like they are. The trees have almost disappeared into them. Child runs back. Ten minutes later, twenty minutes later, <laughs> it seems like an eternity. And uh, the uh, the one that was uh, talking to Pembroke like leans down as the child whispers into his ear, says, "You may come." And they sort of part the way behind them. <laughs> And the forest opens up as well. And he just starts walking. Assume you guys follow. and You followed this trail that for some reason you didn't see when you first came there. Maybe they had it hidden. Maybe with magic. And up in the distance you see a tent surrounded by more poles with more skulls and more torches. It's not a particularly nice tent nicer than perhaps Droja's tent. And he says something to Pembroke along the lines of leave your weapons and you may go inside. Uh, Pembroke nods. He turns and says, they want us to leave our weapons outside. I suggest we do it. Aye, leave your weapons. We made it this far. They're not going to kill us. At least not now. Not now. They all come up, take your weapons from you. She wouldn't deny an old man his walking stick. 
<laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Do they know what a magical handbanger is, by the way? Can I sneak that in? Uh, they, I mean, they're Roll looking at these things that you have. You have two guns. Do you want to pull a sleight of hand? Do you want to hand them? Or a stealth? Can I, I, what I'd like to do is hand them the gigantic giant's bang crossbow on my back, my war hammer, uh, and just be like, yep, I'm good. Okay. Uh, this always works out so well. Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, I'll do it. It's fine. <laughs> fun. So he keeps the guns. And you. What are the laws on concealed weapons? <laughs> yeah, scone, yeah, in Scone Quad Is this, a, is this, this an open carry state? This is an open carry state. This is a concealed carry tribe. <laughs> they uh, they take your weapons and step back, and the flap of the tent parts without any hand pushing it back, and you walk into the relative darkness of the tent of the shaman of the Scorn Qua. <gasps> and we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like reminiscent of Kargix. Yeah. 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 Oh, baby. The Glass Cannon Podcast is a powerhouse and Tate production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.